Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, ladies. I hope your day is off to an amazing start on this sunny Tuesday. At least it is nice and sunny over here. Thank God. And we have spring equinox coming up, which I'm so excited about. Even though it's so sunny here, it is still minus eight, but the sunshine has been amazing. And it's so interesting how my body just naturally adapts to the sunlight. And maybe you're experiencing this for yourself as well. But I've been finding in the past week, I've just been waking up naturally an hour earlier. And I've been hearing the birds chirping and I haven't heard them in the morning for months. And it's just interesting as we start heading into spring and that natural transition in the environment. And I'm totally feeling that in my body. And there's just this natural transition of waking up earlier and more sunlight. And it's just, it's amazing. I love it. I've been waiting for warmer weather and sunshine because it's been feeling very cold and gray skies for so many months. And it really starts to impact my mood and my energy levels. So I feel like I'm coming out of that slump. And I hope you're feeling the same thing if if you've been feeling that way and just like ready for the sunshine and ready to get out of that sort of the winter blues. I definitely feel it, especially in February. So I'm so glad we're heading, we're heading into spring. And so I hope you guys are doing amazing. I just wanted to mention real quickly, if you tuned into last week's episode, we were talking about EMFs and I had mentioned the Harmony Pendant, which is what I wear. It's a necklace that I wear to help protect me against electromagnetic frequencies. And we had a really hard time getting our show notes up, of course, when here's a link that I want to share with you guys so you can go share 50, so you can get 50% off the Harmony Pendant. Of course, we had issues uploading onto our website. So Uh, Just an FYI, if you're looking for that 50% and you need to get that link, head on over to my Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie on Instagram and just go to the link in my bio and I've put it there for you. And you can just click that link in my bio and then you'll see a whole bunch of links actually. You'll have all tons types of different options to check out all kinds of stuff that we have. But the Harmony link, the pendant link is there. And if you click on that, it's going to take you to a specific page where you can save up to 50% on the Harmony pendant. So I just wanted to mention that as an FYI, in case you, um, you've been wondering how the heck do you get access to the link? Because I've had a few people reach out and uh, apologies for the delay in getting the show notes up on the website. And hopefully they will all be there this week. So you can keep checking back over on our website, holisticwellness.ca. And if you just click on podcast at the top, it should take you to all of the podcast episodes and you can access all the show notes. Okay, so I'm really excited for today. I'm talking about low estrogen. I have so many women reach out asking about estrogen dominance and I feel like we hear so much about estrogen dominance and I've done um, quite a few episodes talking about estrogen dominance and the symptoms around that and whatnot. So I thought it would 
really be, um, it would be really great to dive into low estrogen because we don't hear enough about it. And there are a lot of women in my community that have been dealing with low estrogen. And we often hear as we start to age, we have a lot of hormonal decline that starts anywhere between the ages of 35 to 50 is when we're going to start experiencing this hormonal decline and uh, our estrogen will dip. And that's not to say that this is going to be the case for everybody. Every Every body is different, okay? So what you experience is gonna be different from somebody else. And just because this is what may typically happen doesn't mean it's what's going to happen to you. And I also just really wanna preface this episode by saying that just because you hear some of the symptoms that I'm gonna dive into associated with low estrogen, I find that when we start listening to those symptoms, And we're just instantly like it brings us down this rabbit hole and we're like, oh my God, yes, that's so me. I must have low estrogen. And then, you know, we listen to another episode and then it's like, oh yes, I must have low thyroid and then I must have this and and we just, we can get a little bit crazy over it. So I just really want to preface by saying that the symptoms associated with low estrogen can also be associated with so many other things. So um, I want to share this. In an, it's really just about education. That's what this is. It's about education and knowledge. And the more knowledge you have, the better you can do for your health and your hormones and your body. And ultimately, what it might mean is if you haven't dove into doing hormone testing yet, that might be the next step for you. Because if you've been going on this path of just guessing and going by symptoms, which symptoms can tell us a lot, absolutely. But if you've been on this journey and you feel like you're just not getting better, it might be time to dive into testing. And so we are going to talk about testing today for sure. And so let's dive in. I'm talking all about low estrogen, which often we hear is going to make us feel very dry and very cranky and moody. And estrogen really is this hormone that keeps us feminine. I actually like to refer to estrogen as the sex kitten hormone. And I often refer to progesterone as the fat cat hormone. Um, And here's why. Because estrogen really does give us that vitality, that energy, that sexiness, that femininity. And with progesterone, it's kind of like, you know, during that second half of our cycle leading up to our period, we can feel a little bit more tired and we just kind of want to curl up on the couch and slow down. And we just don't really have that energy, that same capacity as we do during the first half of our cycle where estrogen tends to be a lot higher. And that second half of the cycle where progesterone is a lot higher. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I like to refer to it. Although progesterone, now to be clear, it doesn't make you fat. Progesterone is actually really important for helping with fat loss. Same with estrogen. They, they All hormones play a role with weight gain and weight loss. But um, estrogen really is that hormone that gives you that femininity. It has over 300 different functions in the body, and it really is the ultimate multitasker. So one of the biggest roles that estrogen plays in the body is that it helps to build and maintain the structure and function of the vaginal, urethral, and vulval tissues. So really, it's playing this big role in stimulating and developing the female reproductive organs, and it's helping to prepare and maintain the uterus for pregnancy. Now, of course, it does this in conjunction with progesterone, and estrogen and progesterone together, they work to regulate the menstrual cycle. So today when I am referring to estrogen, when I use the term estrogen, what I'm referring to most of the time is estradiol or 
all of the time. That's what I'm referring to, estradiol. And there's different forms of estrogen in the body. So basically, estradiol is the estrogen in highest concentration during the reproductive years. And then from puberty until perimenopause, 80% of the estrogen is estradiol. And then about 10% is estriol. This is the main estrogen of pregnancy. And then estrone, that's the other 10%. And this is the main estrogen of menopause. And so low estrogen can affect so many areas that are near and dear to a woman's heart, like sleep and sex and fertility and appetite and weight. So I'm going to dive into some of these. And we're going to start off with weight and appetite, because this is an area I get asked a lot about. And so there is a connection between low estrogen and our appetite. Actually, low estrogen can stimulate our appetite. So the lower your estrogen is, the hungrier you might become because estrogen has this, it it uses the same biochemical pathways in the body as leptin. And leptin is a hormone released by fat that when it's activated, it can start to push on your hunger buttons. So eptin and ghrelin, you've maybe you've heard about these hormones before. There are hunger and appetite hormones, and estrogen plays a big role in these appetite and hunger hormones. So the lower your estrogen is, you might end up experiencing more hunger and be questioning, like, why why am I eating so much more than usual? And it could be because your estrogen has taken a dip. Um, sex. Let's dive into that one because that's also a really big one. And sex is such, you know, I often talk about the the puzzle piece, this big puzzle that makes up our hormone health, our vitality, just our health in our health in general. And sex plays a really big role in that, right? We have our nutrition, we have our supplements, we have stress, we have sleep, we have movement, and sex is also a really big part of that as well. And so estradiol makes the genital skin very sensitive. And it really helps to bring a lot of blood supply to the genital area. And when estradiol is low, what happens is our brain essentially is getting the signals, the the hormone centers in our brain starts to get the signal almost like we're in danger because this estrogen is really, really low. And so what ends up happening is that it's going to shut down the biochemical process to support your body in becoming pregnant because estrogen is low. So your brain is getting the signal that, well, of course we can't get pregnant right now because we don't have the hormone reserves to do that. So we're going to make sure that this person does not get pregnant right now because estrogen's too low. And so what ends up happening is this is where we start to experience a lot of that dryness. So the vagina becomes very dry and the nerves that densely populate your clitoris, G-spot, and the labia, they actually start to disappear. And so we don't have more of that blood supply coming to these tissues. And in turn, it also feels really, really hard to have an orgasm. So this is where I hear from a lot of women, my libido is so low, I feel like it takes forever to get me wet and heated up with my partner. And oftentimes, this is because of hormonal decline, especially estrogen. And testosterone plays a really big role there too. 
Next up is mood. Estradiol plays a really big role here with mood because it has a direct correlation with serotonin, which is our feel-good neurotransmitter. And so when estradiol starts to fade in those perimenopausal years, our serotonin levels drop as well. And so this is where we can feel more anxiety. We might feel more depression and more moodiness. Um, and some of the clients that we work with you know, do report feeling like they're just going crazy and their moods are just really, really unpredictable. And so again, that's where estrogen could potentially be playing a role here. Next up is bones, our bone health and bone density. So bone loss, whether it's mild osteopenia or more serious, which is osteoporosis, is a problem for women who have low estrogen, especially after menopause, because we have such a decline in that estradiol and estradiol really does to support our bone density. So some of the things that you can really do to support bone density is weightlifting. It's amazing for supporting bone density. Yes, calcium plays a role here, but not in the form of drinking copious amounts of milk or eating dairy products. Having leafy greens, dark leafy greens, getting in vegetables, different nuts and seeds are loaded with calcium. Sesame seeds are loaded with calcium. So even tahini, there's so many amazing sources of calcium, but it's not just calcium that we need. We need the other cofactors that are involved to get calcium into the bone. So magnesium, vitamin D, strontium, these are really important to get that calcium into the bone. And uh, so making sure your diet has a variety of calcium-rich foods, and then also uh, weightlifting. It's amazing for supporting, for supporting bone density. And then also to be making sure that you're having regular doctor visits and your doctor is monitoring your estradiol levels to assess if you've got enough estrogen in the bloodstream to really keep your bones healthy, dense, and flexible, which is really, really key. Okay, let's dive into hot flashes and night sweats and insomnia because estrogen does play a really big role here. And to be quite honest, we don't really know much about what is going on here in the body except that estrogen plays some role in the in sort of the thermoregulatory control system in our body. And as that estradiol starts to decline, we start to experience more of hot flashes, these hot flashes and night sweats. And it can also be very unpredictable when it comes on and when it happens. So if you are dealing with hot flashes and night sweats, some really simple things that you can do is to include some vitamin E. It is proven to reduce hot flashes, and there's been several trials and studies that have shown this. And another really amazing thing you can do is acupuncture. Um, it really does help to sort of support your neuroendocrine system. And it's been shown to reduce hot flashes and night sweats. So if you're going for acupuncture, one session is just not going to be enough for you. It's probably something you're going to have to do over maybe four to eight to 12 weeks to really support that process. Um, but it can really, really be, be helpful for that. Okay, what else is on my list here? So fertility, of course, um, estrogen, especially estradiol, plays a really important role here. And so when it comes to fertility, we just want to be making sure you're checking hormones overall. And if you are heading down that path to start a family and you want to get pregnant, then making sure that you're on top of 
testing hormones, um, all of your sex hormones, as well as running a full thyroid panel, um, and just working with your doctor to really get a clear picture of, of what's going on hormonally. And then you can best really have a protocol in place to assess, you know, what really needs the best support versus having to guess. Uh, that's always my recommendation when it comes to fertility. Um, gluten. I know you might be thinking, what does that have to do with estrogen? But gluten intolerance has been linked to altered estrogen levels. And we've been seeing a lot of women dealing with amenorrhea, so no periods for several months, and infertility. Uh, low estrogen, there's a link between low estrogen and gluten intolerance. And typically what we're seeing here is that women who have a gluten intolerance, one of the main symptoms that they're experiencing is absence of their cycle or other menstrual disorders like PMS um, issues and symptoms. So basically on the short version is that imbalanced estrogen is a common side effect of gluten intolerance. Um, so Maybe something to consider if you haven't eliminated gluten out of your diet yet, that might be something to consider and to um, to go on a gluten-free diet. There's so many amazing options out there to replace gluten in your diet and so many amazing foods to have, have on hand. Um, I feel like maybe if you were going gluten-free 20 years ago, it's such a different story than, than nowadays with all the amazing products and so many different flours and nut flours and seed flours and gluten-free flours we have. And there's so many amazing recipes you can find online, also in my book, that I feel like going gluten-free nowadays um, is just such an easier transition to do that. So maybe something to consider if you haven't eliminated gluten yet and you are experience a lot of hormonal issues and PMS issues. Ladies, I quickly want to interrupt today's episode and remind you about the 20% savings that you can get over at energybits.com on the Energy Bits spirulina or the Recovery Bits, which is chlorella. This is 100% based algae and there are no chemicals, no caffeine, no sugar. If you are looking for a nutrient-dense way to support inflammation and detox and gut health and energy, this is my go-to. It's so antioxidant-rich. It's high in protein. It helps to reduce hunger. It improves focus. And it's really just an amazing way to optimize health and hormones. I love taking energy bits in the morning right before my workout, of course, because it's a bit energizing and there's some really great omegas in there as well. And then I like to take chlorella at nighttime before bed because of course, while we're sleeping, that's when we are detoxifying, our body is resetting and rejuvenating and the chlorella can be really helpful for that. So you can buy them separately and they also now sell them as a combo. So you can get the spirulina and the chlorella in one pack and it's called Vitality Bits. So save 20% over at energybits.com. And if you want to learn more about spirulina and chlorella, I interviewed Catherine, who is the founder of Energy Bits, on episode 112. So you can always go back and listen to that episode. She is the queen of spirulina and chlorella. And I learned so much from that interview. And if you haven't tuned in, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And before we head back to our episode, I really want to share with you a great product from Canprev called Cramp Relief. This is a blend of herbs and nutrients 
That's to support achy discomfort and pain and cramps that can often come on like clockwork with menstrual cycles. Even if you're dealing with lower back pain and have nervousness and tension associated with painful periods, this is an amazing blend to take. It's got ginger, sweet fennel, skullcap, magnesium, and vitamin B6. And it also features cramp bark, which is an antispasmodic herb and that helps to relieve cramping. I really am a big fan of this. And if you've been dealing with pain painful periods, restlessness, nervousness, you're really going to love cramp relief from Canprev. If you're in the US, you can find Canprev online at Nature Source or even Natural Nutrition. They do ship to the US. And if you are in Canada, you can find Canprev all across Canada in health food stores. You can also find them online as well. They are an amazing Canadian company and I do love their products and they have lots of amazing products specifically for women's health and hormones. So why do our estrogen levels drop? So the biggest one here is age. And as we start to head into perimenopause and menopause, we are going to experience more of that hormonal decline overall, especially with estradiol. Hypogonadism can be a problem. So your gonads, which are your ovaries in women and testicles in men, aren't making enough hormones as they used to hypopituitarianism. So basically we have a decreased production in hormones that modulate our endocrine glands. So our pituitary gland is a neighbor to your hypothalamus. It produces many different hormones in the body. One of those follicular stimulating hormones. So if we have a decline and decreased production in one of these hormones, it can start to impact low estrogen and estradiol specifically. Pregnancy failure, this can often be a reason for low estradiol when a baby is not carried to term, which can happen in a, in, in about 15 to 20% of pregnancies, then what happens is the mother's hormone levels drop and her estrogen levels may, may plummet temporarily as a result as well. Uh, breastfeeding, now, of course, this is a natural part of you know pregnancy for, for many women. So depending on frequency and volume and duration, breastfeeding can definitely lower your estrogen levels and it's really preventing and may prevent ovulation, right? So once you stop breastfeeding, and uh, it could take it, it, the timeline could be very different for so many women, but once you stop breastfeeding and then it could take maybe a couple months before you start ovulating again and getting your period and your cycle back. And that's going to look different for everybody. Extreme exercising or training, this can cause uh, lower body fat levels and we do need fat in our body to produce enough hormones. Um, So just being conscious of that. And uh, on the flip side of that, it can also be extreme dieting as well. Uh, If we're not getting enough, same thing, body fat, if we're not getting enough fat in our diet, then this can really cause lower estradiol levels. And this can lead to amenorrhea where we don't have our uh, cycle or or period for several months. And um, So just being really conscious of how much you're eating and not being super calorie deprived. And then gluten intolerance, it's be, it's increasingly common reason. It's becoming an increasingly common reason for estrogen related problems such as amenorrhea, infertility, and even diminished ovarian reserve. Okay, so you're probably thinking, well, what the heck do I do now to support my low estrogen levels? Number one, I am always going to recommend that you test. 
Test, don't guess. This is one of the reasons why we offer the Dutch test, and it really is fantastic. It's unlike any other test that is out there for hormones. Going to your doctor and doing blood work is fine, and I do recommend working with your doctor and getting blood work. If if they're going to do that for you, then absolutely go ahead and do that. However, timing is so important when to time your cycle so you can test at the right time in your cycle to get the best ratio of estrogen to progesterone. And timing is going to look different for everybody based on your cycle length. Um, So that's really key to making sure that you are having that conversation with your doctor uh, and same with your practitioner, nutritionist, whoever it is that you might be working with, naturopath, whoever it might be. So we always, you know, through our Dutch hormone program, Obviously, we're asking women about their cycle, if they've been tracking their cycle, if they have enough data over the last three to five months of their cycle, so then we can best pick the right day and time to do the Dutch test. So the Dutch test is a dried urine test. And what's really cool about doing the urine test for hormones versus blood work or even saliva is that we can look at hormone metabolites, which we can't see um, through any other blood work. And so with hormone metabolites, basically we have different forms of estrogen in the body and we have different types of metabolites in the body. So with the Dutch test, we can actually break down those metabolites, which is really amazing. So for example, when we're looking at your Dutch test, we can look overall at your estrogen levels and see, are you high or are you low? But then we can break that down further and look at the different types of estrogen, estradiol and estrone and whatnot, and see, are those high or low? And then to break it down even further, we can look at the metabolites. So there's the 2-hydroxy metabolite, the 4-hydroxy, and the 16-hydroxy. The 2-hydroxy is a really protective, potent metabolite, and this is the one that we want to be high. The 4-hydroxy can be quite problematic, and it could potentially lead to problems like breast cancer or ovarian cancer. 16-hydroxy is more of a neutral metabolite, but if it's too high, it can actually start to convert over to 4-hydroxy. So, We can see all this by looking at the Dutch test. And then if we see your 4-hydroxy is too high, now we know to put a protocol in place to really help detox that excess estrogen and that that dangerous 4-hydroxy out of the body. If we see your 2-hydroxy is too low, that's the one we want high. Now we can do a protocol to really help boost that 2-hydroxy up. And then it also breaks it down even further with the Dutch test by looking at your liver and how your liver is methylating and breaking down these hormones. Maybe it needs some additional support and we need to introduce some liver detox protocols and support to really help filter out this excess estrogen that's lingering in the body. This is why we love the Dutch test so much because it really can give us so much detail and so much data. And then it really helps us as practitioners to put a really strategic protocol in place. So I always recommend testing. And it's not just the metabolites that we can look at with estrogen, but your progesterone and your testosterone. And then we can also look at adrenals and cortisol. Is cortisol too high, too low? Is it too high at certain times of the day? Is it too low at certain times of the day? Um, There's so many great things that we can look at. We can look at your DHEA, which is essentially the mother of your sex hormone 
hormones and is that too high or too low? And again, it just really helps us to strategize a protocol to put together. So if you're interested in really diving into this and doing the personalization and the customization part, then definitely head on over to our website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash Dutch program. And you can learn all about the Dutch program there and what's included and involved and come work with our team for 12 weeks and we can really strategize a protocol for you and really help to optimize your hormones. Okay. So outside of testing, some simple things that you can do to support your estrogen levels, especially if they are low, I would recommend being conscious of coffee or even just caffeine in general. Caffeine and coffee have been shown to lower estradiol levels in premenopausal women. And so I would focus more on decaf coffee and herbal teas, which often, especially with herbal teas, can really help to reduce hot flashes and improve sleep if you are choosing teas that have herbs like rhubarb, or valerian, those are really, really good for hot flashes and night sweats. So choose something like that. And if you've been experiencing a lot of the symptoms that I've been mentioning with vaginal dryness or mood disorders or depression, anxiety, sleep issues, insomnia, hot flashes, weight issues, cravings, and increased appetite, perhaps you want to start playing around a little bit with coffee. It can be quite estrogenic um, and not necessarily in a good way. So just something to be conscious of. Same with alcohol. Um, Alcohol is something that you really want to be cutting back on or just eliminating altogether because it can be very estrogenic as well, and it can really increase your risk of breast cancer. So again, something to be really conscious of. And when I say it's very estrogenic, I don't mean in the good way. It's not going to increase good estrogen in the body. It's going to increase the bad estrogen in the body where it's going to lead to more of those estrogen dominant like symptoms, which we don't want. Next up, I would recommend cutting out gluten, of course, because there is a link between gluten sensitivity and diminished ovarian reserve. I would really recommend stopping gluten for at least a good 30 days. If you haven't done it before, go on a gluten-free diet for 30 days. Uh, You know, inside our metabolic reset program, we have women eliminate gluten and grains for eight weeks. And it's so amazing what happens after that eight-week period when they start to slowly reintroduce different grains and whatnot back into their diet, the symptoms that start to show up for them. And they get to this point where they realize these foods just aren't serving them anymore. And they're really leading to a host of symptoms that uh, they're just, it's just not worth it anymore. And they don't want to feel that way. So the best thing you can do is an elimination diet is just to cut things out and then slowly reintroduce it back in and pay attention to the symptoms and how you feel. Flax seeds. This is an amazing, amazing food that you can add to your diet. They contain lignans, one of the major classes of phytoestrogens. So they're like estrogen-like chemicals, but they also serve as really powerful antioxidants in the body. And there was this amazing study that showed that eating two tablespoons of flax seeds twice per day, so approximately 30 grams, for six weeks reduced hot flashes, which is a key symptom of low estrogen. Um, Reduce those hot flashes by half and diminish the intensity by 57%, which is pretty big. So I would definitely suggest adding in more flax. Plus, flax is, so flax is a phytoestrogen, which is actually a 
healthy estrogen. And it's also a really amazing source of fiber, which is going to help bind to the excess bad estrogen in the body and help flush it out through the bowels. So add in those flax seeds. And I always like to make sure my clients are grinding them fresh. So don't just buy ground flax and just like keep it in your cupboard. It is uh, a fat and it does have, you know, really good oils in there. So you don't just want to keep it on the cupboard in your cupboard because it can't actually go rancid. So you want to make sure you buy flax seeds, store it in your freezer and then just grind what you need um, as you need it. And so sometimes I like to grind, you know, maybe like a cup full and then I'll keep it in a little container and keep it in my freezer. And then I use that throughout the week and I add it to my smoothies. And then each week I just kind of grind a fresh batch. So something like that, but make sure it's in the freezer and you're grinding it as you need it. Another thing you can do to support low estrogen and just really hormones overall, especially cortisol, is to orgasm more. So female orgasm and sexual stimulation raise estradiol levels in women who are premenopausal. Um, So it's kind of this like use it or lose it concept, you know, regular sexual connection and orgasm. It helps to stimulate the blood flow that helps massage, soften, and thicken the tissue of the outer, the the vulva, and the inner vagina. So we really want to make sure that we are having sex as part of our healthy hormone puzzle and protocol. Orgasm actually helps to raise oxytocin, which works with estrogen in the female body to buffer stress and lower cortisol. And it really just helps women feel more connected and more loving. And it's just an amazing way to support and, and optimize hormonal health overall and really build that connection with your partner as well, but also the connection with yourself and your femininity as well. Also, outside of that, some other tips and suggestions. Magnesium, this is amazing. It is literally going to be your hormonal best friend. Uh, Magnesium has been shown to reduce hot flashes, support fatigue, support stress, anxiety, um, which are all common symptoms associated with low estrogen. Um, So I typically recommend about 400 milligrams before bed. Um, I typically recommend magnesium bicalcinate. Um, there's magnesium oxide, which could be pretty helpful as well. So you could try either one. Um, you would probably want to be using them either the bicalcinate or the uh, the oxide for at least about four weeks before you can really notice some significant difference. And some women do find that magnesium can impact their sleep. So you just have to play around with it a little bit. I have not found that. Um, I think I've had literally one client out of like hundreds that have said that magnesium impacts their sleep. So uh, she just takes her magnesium during the day versus at night. So just something to be conscious of. If you are having issues with constipation and digestion, you might want to consider magnesium citrate, and that is going to loosen bowels and really help to uh, support constipation if that's something you're suffering with, which is plays a big role in estrogen support because if you're constipated, you're not effectively eliminating that excess estrogen through the bowels and you're recirculating the estrogen back into your body, which we don't want to do. So making sure that you are pooping regularly is so, so, so important. You can also try vitamin E. This is 
really the oldest remedy in the book for certain symptoms of low estrogen, like vaginal dryness, hot flashes, mood swings. Um, and there's many studies supporting how vitamin E can can really reduce hot flashes and just a lot of symptoms associated with low estrogen. And so dosing could be, you know, it's again, it's gonna be so different. It could be anywhere from 100 to 400 IU per day and uh, something for you to just kind of play around with. I would look for like a vitamin E complex, that's definitely the one that you really want to look for. It can actually also, it's been shown to increase blood supply to the vaginal wall and improve menopausal symptoms, which is really key as well. So again, you're probably looking at a good three to four weeks of being on it before you can experience more of uh, the, the results associated with vitamin E. Next up is don't exercise too much. Now, this is especially if you have a lot of adrenal dysregulation going on, even thyroid issues. You really want to be conscious about over-exercising. And there's been some issues with women who have low estrogen and they're exercising too hard, it can actually increase hot flashes and night sweats and more of those, those menopausal type symptoms. So um, we really just want to be conscious about the type of exercise that we're doing. So for example, limiting high intensity and like spin classes and things like that, focus more on parasympathetic. It might be more, you know, brisk walks and yoga and Pilates or bar, even weight training is fantastic, but doing it in a way where you aren't like pushing yourself, like overdoing it. Um, it's kind of like this slow and steady and very, and very controlled and uh, just not super intense. So something to play around with. Again, this is going to be so different for everybody and based on your stress levels as well. So ex- too much exercise and overdoing it can really impair estrogen levels. And lastly, try acupuncture. I know I mentioned this before, but it really has been shown to raise estradiol levels. It's even been shown to support progesterone levels as well. So something to keep in mind. It does help to reduce hot flashes. And um, it's even been shown to be as effective as hormone therapy um, when combined with some other Chinese herbal medicine. So using the conjunction of Chinese herbal medicine and acupuncture together can be just as beneficial as going on hormone therapy. So something to consider and definitely something worth trying to do and committing to maybe over the next three months and seeing how that works for you before considering you know, going on medication or something like that. So of course, it's always bio-individual it, as it is across the board with everybody because everybody's so different. Um, some other things actually in terms of herbal therapies, uh, maca is an amazing magical herb that I love. It has been shown to increase estradiol in menopausal women and it does help with insomnia and depression and memory and energy, vaginal dryness, hot flashes. It can also help with bone density and um, just focus overall. So uh, I would definitely recommend adding some maca to your smoothie. It's also been really great to support low libido and to help lower anxiety and depression. So I know it sounds like maca is just this like amazing herb that does it all. And it does help in, in numerous ways for sure. I wouldn't say it's the only thing you would need to take. Again, working with somebody who can put you on something strategic um, in terms of her- herbs and supplements uh, so that you're making sure you're covering all bases. But maca could be something really simple to add into your smoothie. You could find it in powder form. You could also find it in um, 
in like a tincture form. It just depends how you want to take it. Typically, the common dose, you're looking at about 2,000 milligrams per day. In uh, If you're looking at you know capsule or liquid, like tincture, that's typically what you would look for if you're really looking to support those symptoms. Uh, what are some other herbs? Ginseng is is actually really amazing. Red ginseng specifically was found to decrease hot flashes, and um, it's been really great for supporting symptoms associated with low estrogen. So, in terms of dosing, red ginseng at a dose of around three grams per day could be helpful. And it's also been helpful. Studies have been shown for lowering total cholesterol and low density lipoprotein, your your quote unquote bad cholesterol, your LDL, which we often refer to as your lousy cholesterol. So um, it could be really helpful and something to consider as well. Hops is an amazing herb that um, is typically used in brewing beer. So I'm not suggesting you go and drink beer, but uh, hops has actually been really great for sleep and for anxiety and for restlessness. And um, if you are experiencing a lot of those, again, low estrogen type symptoms, it's uh, hops has actually been help- shown to be helpful for both high and low estrogen. Um, so something to consider there as well. Uh, that might be something that that works for you. And a herb that I did mention earlier in tea form was valerian. And uh, that could also be really helpful because low estrogen symptoms such as sleeplessness and anxiety, they've been treated for centuries with valerian. And it's a medicinal herb that has many therapeutic uses, and it's been used in in many different randomized trials in menopausal women, and it showed that it has had an impact on both sleep and insomnia insomnia as well. So again, something else to consider. There are lots of options for you, and I do always recommend that you get tested so that you test and you don't guess and you can really strategize what you're going to do in terms of nutrition and supplementation and lifestyle. Because I've seen it time and time again, we go and spend our money on lots of supplements and lots of products that we don't end up using or we don't effectively know how to use them. We don't know the dosing to use and how frequently you should be taking it, how much or how little. And then a week or two goes by and we're like, oh, I'm not feeling better. These symptoms aren't working. I wasted my money on this and it's it's not getting me anywhere. And you just repeat that cycle over and over and over again when you could have just done the testing, get the right answers and get the strategy in place. And that actually in the long term will save you money so that you're not guessing and throwing your money down the drain, which which we don't want you to do. So I am going to put together some other episodes around low progesterone and low DHA and low thyroid and all of that. And then it will also focus on the highs as well with high progesterone and high estrogen. And uh, I'll be releasing those over the next few weeks or months. So stay tuned for that. And if you have any questions, you can come find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And thank you so much for being here. I hope this gave you some insight into low estrogen and some really great strategies and tips that you can go implement. Thanks so much for being with me today. I'll chat with you all next week. Take care.